Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We are back with the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Kevin, joined by Gordon, who is riding high after a very controversial win by his Philadelphia 76ers last night. And he's joining us from vacation. Gordon, how are you? Doing good. Um, in Maryland right now, Silver Spring, Maryland. And yeah, basketball, man, it's back. We had a great duel between the Sixers and the Spurs, your team versus my team, you know. And uh, yeah, one point went or two point went. I don't even remember. It was just, it was a blur. It was a great, it was a great moment. Uh, what what'd you, what, are your, what are your thoughts of the NBA bubble so far? Your it team, was a, man, they're two and one. They might make the NBA playoffs. Should be three and zero. Oh. The victory was small enough to where a horrible call uh, that should have been made in the previous quarter would have changed the result. Also, there was a foul on that last play when Pirtle went to the rim and Embiid just hacked him. I'm more interested than I thought I would be. And it's not just because – well, it partly is because my team was playing pretty well and there, all the games they've been in have been close and it's been interesting. But the NBA has done a really good job of mimicking – the atmosphere and making it look like they're not playing in an empty gym and the players i don't know how the players feel about it because they're obviously not playing in front of twenty thousand people but when you're watching the noise isn't the same but like there's an intimacy still about it so you feel as if you're allowed to get excited too even though they're playing in front of themselves basically yeah and it feels like nothing is – it feels like they picked up where they left off. You know, it doesn't feel like different. It doesn't feel – it doesn't feel like an asterisk. You know, it's, a lot of people were like, oh, like, oh, there's no home or away. It's going to feel weird, and the winner is not going to be the real winner. But in this situation, yeah. it feels like they're legit games, legit losers, legit winners. And uh, it's giving me something to watch every day until September, until football comes, and hopefully cross-country season. Like we've been talking about, mm-hmm. we don't know. August fourth is today. That's when we're recording this. There is an NCA Board of Governors meeting again. I know two weeks ago, <laughs> a week ago, I teased that today's D Day, and they kicked the can. They punted, but again, they punted to the t- to today. So August fourth is another D Day. What will happen? There's been rumors about now that the conference five, the the Power Five conferences are starting to get more involved they've all released their football schedules they've all mm-hmm. like packed up big 12 is like we're doing nine plus one nine conference game plus one non-conference sec announced their their conference schedule acc they're all these power fives they all announced their football plans and that what i it seems like conference football power five conference football wants to happen and they're not going to let the ncaa mess with it and so today, August 4th, could be a day when the NCAA says, we're canceling championships. So now there's rumors that Power 5 will be like, oh, really? You're going to cancel NCAA championships? All right, let's have our Power 5 Olympic sports championships. So meaning we're going to have cross-country with only Pac-12, ACC, Big 10, SEC, and Big 12. 
which would be wild because in some sports it makes like I'm sure the the champion would still be a true champion, but in cross country, a cross country championships without BYU, without NAU, without New Mexico, what's the point? All right, that would be it would be a, it would be a joke. You brought up the word asterisk before when we were talking about the NBA. This would be a very very large asterisk if they did go ahead with this. It would not be a national championship for cross country. You're right. Maybe for other sports where all of the top teams, all the contenders are in those power five conferences, but we know that's not the case in cross country. And we know from history that we can sort out for the most part, the top teams. Does that mean the non-power five team was going to necessarily win this year? Was NAU a lock? Was BYU a lock? What Were the New Mexico women a lock? No, absolutely not. But you can't have a championship without those teams in it and call it a national championship. Portland, another team, right? That would be yeah. in the mix in one in an NCAA cross country championship. I don't think they would do this in I mean they, they might do it in cross country, but if anybody has the audacity to call it a national championship, they would be mistaken. They would be mistaken because it, it would not be given the composition of the the true power teams in NCAA cross country, which obviously includes the teams that you mentioned, NAU, BYU, and New Mexico. And what Power 5 could do is, in order to try to erase that asterisk as much as possible, as much as possible, they'll be like, hey, we're doing our own thing. NAU, if you want, if you want to run, you, you can come. We, we'll, we'll put a spot on the starting line for you. And they just like give right. invitations to teams that want to participate where they're like basically trying to create their own NCAA, you know, like, hey, all those big sky teams, mm -hmm. hey, you want to come in? Hey, Mountain West, hey, join Air Force, we love you. Army, Navy, come on in, you know. And I think they Boise try State, to like basically create their own conference, create their own uh, governing body. And this, it's yeah. crazy that a pandemic is, but because everyone's been clamoring for that, right? NCAA versus the Power Five, and this, that, you know, revenue share, all that, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to take a pandemic for everything to come crashing where the NCAA will do one move and then Power 5 will turn one way and the other one will turn the other way. And then all of a sudden, we got what these Power 5 conferences have always want, dreamed. They dreamed of control, and now they're going to get it. Yeah. Again, we don't know. Uh, yeah. But I did get a, like a text from uh, like a uh -oh. non-Power 5 phone, good cross-country athlete. Who's concerned? He's like, wait a minute. Are we, uh, is it really a thing that there's going to be a Power Five only conference? And I said, that's what the rumor is, but we don't know. So there's, I mean, I'm yeah. sure, imagine if you're a cross country runner right now, right? It's August 4th. Like, this is when the last week yeah, yeah. of summer training is coming together. You're getting ready for preseason camp. There's a lot of like excitement. Like, oh, all right, we're here. All right, we're now in the month of August. We're like, what, August, September, October? We're like, within four months from the biggest day of our lives. And they don't even know if they're going to have that day. It's just like, how do you grind a, a long run in the, in the brutal heat of Texas or in the brutal heat of Florida, not knowing if you're going to have to be able to get, to get, be able to use that, that base in November, or you're just like, what are we doing this for? Cause we're not going to be running again until 2021. Why? You know, like, it's just got to be a mentally yeah. draining for these college athletes to not know if they need to be getting their bodies ready for a peak in November or not, you know? You advocated a couple weeks ago mass redshirting, and I did see the Arizona State swim team, they're redshirting everybody this year. So I don't know if any cross-country track coaches have listened to your advice on the podcast and I don't know if the Arizona State swim program listens, but they're at the, <laughs> at the very least, they're, they're taking your advice because at this point, given what you said, given the uncertainty over whether or not there's going to be a championship, what the championship would look like, the ability to finish the entire season, let alone start it on any sort of re normal time schedule, is impossible to prepare. And cross country, what, you have three opportunities, four opportunities to run really in big time races throughout the season, would you want to use one of those opportunities this year? No, you could see a, a very strong argument for, Hey, this all just is happening way too late. I need more time to prepare and plan. Let's just, 
let's just sit it out this year. And if you're a coach, the same thing, which is probably what the Arizona State swim coach was thinking. Why why do this when there's so much uncertainty? Yeah, I, I- I talked to some cross country coaches who have said, who've actually said, yeah, red cherry might, might be a good idea because like, it's a big risk. It's like a bigger risk to use a season of your eligibility just for it to turn into an asterisk race or just for it to turn into a, a not to see what happened at NCAA indoors. Right. I guarantee you so yeah. many of those athletes who are at NCAA indoors would not have raced at all. If they knew when March came, they weren't going to be able to have a championship. They'd be like, all right, we're not going to BU. We're not going to Iowa State. We're not going to UW. We're just not going to run if there's no carrot at the end of the – there's no gold, bag of gold at the end of the rainbow. Why would we even open the box of Lucky Charms? We just stay home and keep eating Cheerios. You know? Oh, man. Anyway, uh, when, when you bring up just a Power 5-only championship, that to me is almost like turning NCAA cross-country into a – it's a, it's the Commonwealth Games, or if it's a, it's a European Championship, it's the non-championship year. It's something to do. It's a meet to have, and if you win it, okay, you can talk about it. But everybody is going to say, "Yeah, but you're missing a whole bunch of people." Right. The yeah, you won the Diamond League in 2014 when a bunch of people were taking the season off, or yeah, you were the Continental Games champion. You were the European you know, off-year champion. USA champion. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it. That's what it rings of to me, and it's better than having no meets. I think everybody would agree on that. But but we in this sport enjoy the certainty of saying this team was the champion. This individual was a champion that year. They all showed up. They all knew the rules. They ran the race, and this was the result. That's what fuels the sport. And you would not get that if you're excluding the Power Five teams. I brought up a. Here's a quote from. Arizona Central newspaper from Bob Bowman, the Arizona State swim coach. He said, I started thinking about how we can do that. And this is what I came up with. We lost an NCAA championship and they didn't get another season. In my mind, it is unacceptable to risk having that happen again. That just would not work for these kids. We spent so long recruiting. With all the uncertainty going on around everything, it just makes sense to me that we would give everyone a year to rebuild, get into a training mode, focus on preparing for next summer's uh, Olympic trials and carry that into next season. When I read that quote, you could basically sub out track for swimming. It's a sport that's fueled by, right? It's a sport that's fueled by the Olympics. It's a sport that requires long-term planning. It's not a three-season or two-season sport like cross-country and track are. So there's different opportunities to compete. But there's a lot of people at the collegiate level who have Olympic aspirations. And they map all this stuff out. And you're not... I just feel like team sports people get used to being a little more flexible because you're always depending on other people. That's part of it. So there's this uncertainty where it's individual. It's so one track. I've mapped out the year of my life for the next six months of my training, and this is how it goes. So it becomes especially difficult for, for individual sports. So I could see 100% where, where coaches are coming from if they decide to just pull people out. Yeah. Man, I just want an answer. I, I just want a decision to be made. I mean, <laughs> the board of governors, man. What are we doing, board, board of governors? governors man. Govern something. How do they get elected, you man? Do you got to vote for them? How do you become a board of governor? Sure. Well, so also in NCAA, like they have all these committees and they talk and they have meetings. And then you ask them, okay, so this is final? Oh, no, it has to go to the other committee. Okay. This yeah. just, is just a recommendation. <laughs> To a recommendation, to a recommendation. There's just very few – there's a lot of meetings and very few decisions. That's what I've gathered from my time around the NCAA. Yeah. It's and track. Like I, I track as a whole, right? You can say that about governing bodies and track too. This committee has recommended this. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, like when the world rankings came out, they're like, oh, we'll take it back. Oh, what? Okay, we'll give the – if you're a gold label race, you're top three in a gold label race, you get to go. And then like USATF is like, give us a gold label. And they're like, no. And they're like, okay, we'll give it to you. And it didn't matter. That was, no one wants to talk about that. But that whole shit show of like, oh, the, the drop, the, the audacity of the being the world, a marathon world ranking being too hard for people to get or the Olympic standard. We need to give the USA trials special treatment. 
such such American for us to be like ask for special treatment. And guess what? I was they didn't need it. it they the didn't need that gold label. No, no, they didn't need the gold label of the U.S. trials for them to go on the hot, hilly Atlanta course. Guess what? They ran mm-hmm. fast enough. I'm like, yeah, but it could have been Boston Marathon where everyone is – it's raining. And like, well – Sorry. I'm glad you were able to turn this into Back to January of everyone writing like 1,000-word uh, <laughs> articles about how – this ruins the sanctity of the sport by having too hard of Olympic trials qualifying times. It's just like, come on. Anyway. It, it would have been interesting, though, if they did hold the line and people didn't get the standard. And I don't know if there was room in there to chase because they would have, if they did, they would have had the longest chasing period in history, but then it would have been interrupted. <laughs> but now, but now it's restarting and they're talking about with London Marathon, if that goes off, it, the people will be able to get Olympic qualifiers and you would have had everybody in that top three from USA's who didn't have the qualifying time probably going to London to try to get in the London marathon yeah. or get it in something it entertaining. In the, it'd have been in the winter. It'd have been, yeah. It'd have been something. It'd have been confusing for sure. Did you, uh, are any of these results from the weekend stand out? We got them, excuse me, scrolling on the bottom here for those of you watching on the video, for those of you so, listening, um, we could just read them to you. Yeah, so let's start Donovan Brazier. He runs 143. Yeah. Chilling. What are your thoughts on that? It looked easy. I think, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it bodes well for Monaco when he gets into a race with other people who can at least be near him for maybe 550 because the rabbit stepped off at, stepped off at 400, and that's a long way to go by yourself without really anybody on your heels at all. I think there's a big difference between getting some help only to 400 and then getting somebody who can take you to 500 or having someone breathing down your neck on that backstretch. But I, this is a guy who ran 335 and closed in 52. 143 is expected. It's just weird to see him do it in such a low-key venue. Like That's a fast yeah. time to run in his... Well, I think Donovan... Well, he run... I, was gonna say, I think Donovan has kind of changed the the spectrum of the range of an 800-meter athlete of, like, in shape, great, good race, great race, right? So I think a lot of times the best U.S. 800-meter runners, a in-shape race is a 146. No, no, it's like a 145 high is a in-shape race. A good race is 144. Like, you'll run that at a U.S. trials. And then a great race is 143. Right now, he is like basically shifting that two seconds. Where like an in shape race is one forty three, a good race is one forty three low, one forty two high, and then a great race is American record pace, which I think is just like kind of wild. He's basically shifted it by two seconds because we used to look at like one forty five debuts as like okay that you're you're one of the best in the world or you're one of the best in U.S. You oh you debut with a one forty five, and now he's like no, if you want to debut, you got to debut two seconds faster. To compete with me, yeah. Like, do you think who yeah. who there's, there's no one else really in that range in America? I mean, do you think a Clayton Murphy or Isaiah Harris can challenge that? Like, are they is no? Like, will Donovan? When's the next time Donovan's going to lose a race to an American in the eight hundred? Like, at his current form, it's going to be a while because we talked about this before. It's just he's there doesn't seem to be any end to his talent right here. I mean, he's, he's just, he's making these things look so, so easy. And I want to offer one caveat here. Yes, this is 800 meter debut, but it happened at the end of July. So that's a little different versus him doing it in May. But yeah, he's, he's at the point where he's entered in that race. We find out he's entered in that race and we're thinking, okay, he could potentially break the American record in a race that we know nothing else about, right? We don't even know where it is. We don't know the location. We don't know the rabbits. We don't know the competition. And none of that matters because Brazier's been so good that the only thing that really is of consequence is him. Is he in shape and is he ready to go? And he very clearly is that. I would be surprised if he loses to an American in 2020, this year. There are not very many meets left. But even in 2021, I I, I think he's on a different level from everybody else and he's on a different level 
Gordon from everybody else in the world too. It's not just an American thing. I don't think anybody's going to touch him. I went and rewatched before we did that interview with him last week, two weeks ago, whenever that was. I re- went and rewatched his Doha final, and you know Wesley Vasquez went out and pushed the pace, which helped speed that race along and helped Brazier get that fast time. But to make a move like that with 300 to go, it just was a confident, bold type of move that you make when you know you are better than everybody else and nobody can hang with you. And the fact that he's a 400, 800 guy, but also can run 335 in a tactical race, he just has has so many tools in his tool belt right now. I don't think, I, I, I think in Monaco, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he's not in 142. And I think we could see maybe a 141 high in, in Monaco if they can get a good pacer. There's a popular meme that is around the internet that mm. hits the internet, you know, the past few years. I'm not sure when this meme started, but it's a meme where they put up a photo of a male, most likely shirtless or I don't know, a funny looking male sometimes, but you know, a, maybe it's a dad bod or a picture of Danny DeVito from Always Sunny. But anyway, the headline says, this is the ideal male body. You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. And to make that make sense of what I'm talking about here is I really think that Donovan Brazier is the ideal 800-meter talent. Like, this is what peak 800-meter ability looks like. It's... That, 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 it's like it's a lot of times it's like a 1500 meter coming down to the 800 or a four guy coming up to the 800. And I just think Donovan Brazier's mechanical body is like built for running the fastest half miles out there. Like he is, he's built for fast 800s. Like he's not it's just like, it's so like, it's like putting a, a lot of people try to put a square peg into a round hole to try to run a fast 800 or a star peg into a square hole for to run a fast 1500 or whatever. He is literally putting a triangle peg into a triangle hole when it comes to running the 800. And you can see that when he runs such a smooth 143 by himself in an opener, he runs those smooth 335s. It's just like, damn, man. The, the, he is – he. I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't say it, but before Donovan – the person who was the ideal male body or yep. male peak performance was David Rudisha. And yeah, I know we it's it's a lot to put like, hey, you're the next David Rudisha on someone, but man, he is looking more and more like it. He is looking more and more like we're gonna have he's gonna be the Rudisha of the twenty twenties. And we're we're in for a wild ride. I, I I think the odds of him breaking the world record in his career have just dropped. Like oh, dropped as in a good thing mm-hmm. or ro- yeah, I'm no dropping or rising. You know, I'm, you know what I mean. But he's the he's chance very of him breaking it. the American record. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I still think that's a that's still going to take uh, another leap forward because Rudisha, you're right, was was so special. But he, yeah, he is the closest thing to Rudisha, another four eight guy who also made it look so easy and so comfortable. With Brazier, how do you beat him though? You look at Probably his two most famous races from last year. The World Championship, like I mentioned, goes with 300 to go and stomps everybody. And then that Diamond League final. Do you remember the Diamond League final? Yes. When he chased yeah. Amos down from way back. That was that was like the Simmons side of it. He has the Simmons side of things, and he also has the the Rudisha side of things to, to get really aggressive and just control and dominate the race. If you're trying to beat him, I don't know what the best strategy is would be if you're an American or anybody in the world right now. I think there's only two ways to beat them. And both of them are extremely rare to happen. Rare way to beat him, number one, is you pull a Wesley Vasquez and you go out in 47 or 48, but you actually can do it. And you just are... You, you just are better. Like, the only way you can beat him... Yeah, you, you're, you run 139, right? You you just are like, all right. You, you run, you just... You're just better. That's that the only way you tough. beat him in rare. That seems tough because no one is better. So most likely yeah, yeah. that way of beating him isn't going to happen of you just being better than him. So we'll take that out of running like a 140 flat, right? The other way to beat him, and I think also it's super rare, is make the race go out in like 55 seconds. 
Because if you do that, then maybe yeah. there's a shooter's chance, right? But the yeah, odds yeah. of being able to get a race to go out 55 seconds at an Olympic level, international level, it's going to be impossible, right? So in conclusion, is... you could argue there is no way to beat him. The only way to beat him is he beats himself. He maybe doesn't feel well that day. You know, he maybe just like has a bum ankle or something. I think the only way he loses is he loses. It's not he gets beat. The only way – you're, if you beat Donovan Brazier at his peak performance, you're running, like, 140. That's just a fact. Yeah. Or 141. Yeah. If he had if he had stayed – his freshman year was 2016. So yeah. if he had stayed five years in college, like had taken a redshirt year like many NCAA athletes do, this would have been his senior year in in college and if he had just done four straight years he would have he would have been in his first full year as a pro and i think early on he was fast enough to be competitive at the international level but he had some trouble in championships and that obscured a bit his talent right in 16 he goes out in the first round 17 he yep. makes it but to to worlds but doesn't make the final 18 at, at world indoors gets dq'd but everybody got dq'd but in any one of those moments, if he didn't have uh, – he was fast enough even then to create a splash. He wasn't American record yeah. 142 fast, but, but he could have won those world indoor championships in 2018. That would not have been a reach for him for where he was. But because yeah. of some stupid, oh, I, I broke into – like everybody was – yeah, he, he was ready to roll. And it was just some stupid fluke thing that, that got, got him out of that race. So I think we're f finally seeing now – what you're saying with he's perfectly suited for this event combined with he has the experience to not let the rounds or the championships or anything else get in his way. I honestly think his 2016 trials blunder, the 2017 worlds getting knocked out in the second or first round and a 2018 DQ, those three things, because I'm, I always remember we were interviewing after the 2018 DQ. You could see like, he was like, all right, First time I messed up in 2016, whatever. I was a rookie. I can forgive myself because it happens, right? Who, who cares? I was a freshman in college. It's not that big of a deal, right? Yeah. And then 2017, he thought he had it figured out because he, I think he won USA's in 2017. And he thought he like, all right, I had my mulligan. I messed up. I figured it out. But then he messed up again, right? So now he's like, he's, he's a young kid at that time. He's like 18. He's like 19 or 20. He's thinking about it. He's like... Man, and then you know when people when he messes up, everyone's gonna make it a bigger deal because people have a lot more expectation on him because he's a young talent. So it might start getting him. He's like, man, can I just not handle big moments? And then that third time when he thought he was the favorite at, you at World Indoors, and he messed up a third time. Now I could argue that that was a bullshit mess up because everyone got DQ'd. That probably was like the the, the needle that broke the camel's back or straw. I don't know. I'm really straw, straw. yeah, yeah. Close straw though. that broke the camel's back because that's like you were 50% there. Like the first yeah. time, I thought it was just a rookie mistake. The second time, it was just like, all right, tough love. Third time, you're like, yeah, what? 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 This can't happen, right? And I think those mm -hmm. three instances all combined just built up so much like character in him of understanding that like nothing is given to you. You can be the greatest, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. And it made him just work harder. And, like, it, I think it made him appreciate success better because it wasn't just, like, handed to him. And I think if he didn't have those three moments from 16, 17, 18, he doesn't have his 19 moment and his now 20 moment of being just the best in the world during a pandemic. Uh, so it's, like, yeah. it's kind of weird. In the moment, you think it sucks, right? In the moment, you're like, damn. Everyone's like shitting on me on the internet because I didn't run well and I and I'm young and I'm, you know, it's gonna get it gets to you and you're like thinking like what why why am I doing this if it's like so much pressure and and uh, criticism and it happens over and over again it never ends 16 17 18 but now it's ended mm -hmm. right there's no more criticism of it yeah. because he has shown that he is the best and he will continue to be the best and I think I just you know Michael Jordan right he didn't win his first finals till year seven or eight. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He yeah. got beat up by the Pistons yeah. like multiple times. That's what Donovan Brazier did. He got a he got beat up by bullshit DQs, kind of tactical mishaps. That was his Pistons era. Yeah. 
But now yeah. he's in prime 90s Jordan era where he is going to go on a six-year run. That's what yeah. Donovan is. Well, in, look- he, 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 yeah, that's a good analogy. I came I'm up looking – Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, t- it took a lot. Well, and, and you did an NBA one, so you went out of character there. In there 2017, you. wins USA's in 2017, then runs 143.9 and gets second in the Diamond League in London, then gets third in the Rabat Diamond League, and then gets seventh in the semifinal running 146 in London and gets bounced. That had to have been yeah. extremely disappointing. 2019, though, there were there were clear signs, obviously – you know, based on what he did as a freshman at AM, you knew he was he could be good. But I don't know if you remember this. The indoor season in 2019, he ran those those six hundreds and he ran I guess this was a USA's or whatever. He ran that one thirteen six hundred. Uh he yeah. also ran the one forty four four American record indoors in the eight hundred. So there's so he's good in six hundred, obviously. He's running fast six hundred, runs a fast indoor eight hundred. And then goes to the Sunset Tour and runs that ridiculously easy 337. So you're like, okay, he's a, he can run under distance and he can run over distance. This, is, this can only go one way. It's going to end with him being really good in between. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Um, I mean, people, anybody who listened to the podcast with him knows he doesn't lack for confidence and ability. And he, I think he understands. Like, I think he's... And he's got a good mentality about where he's where he's where he's positioned right now. Like he's still yeah. he's still hungry. I mean, he he even said because when we asked him, "Hey, you gonna do the fifteen eight? He's like, "I haven't really done anything in the sport yet. I haven't won anything in the Olympics. You know, he's, he's run a world championship yeah. medal, but and he has the American record, but he he feels like he hasn't done anything. But he's also confident enough to say, "I mean, I'm not going to completely discount getting David Rodriguez's record." So, so he's got both of those both of those things going yeah. on in his head. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a while before he he loses to an American, and even on the world stage, I would be surprised if he. T- that you're right. The 800 is just was just made for Donovan Brazier. What I mean, he won't do this. I I won't do it. But basically, the 1500 is going to be his backup, right? Because it's after the eight at the trials. So he'll run right. the eight, and if he. Yeah. Something happens, he has a fifteen hundred, right? But nothing's gonna happen in the eight. He's going to win the eight. So but what I yeah. want him to do is still just run the fifteen hundred for fun and like know that hey guys, don't worry, yeah. I'm not taking anyone's spot. I just want to be in it. I just want to see what happens when I race Centro in his prime and angles in his prime and how I fare, you know? And it'll be it'll be kind of like a it's like a weird there's like no pressure, right? Because he could run the fifteen hundred and just like have a bad race. It's like, oh, whatever. I'm still the greatest 800 meter runner yeah. in the world right now. Whatever. But if he runs it and he does well, then everyone's like, oh man, you know, there's, there's nothing but positive that can come from it, you know? Well, I mean, so Nike obviously likes right. people to double. Nike obviously likes people to double. And he mentioned that Pete Julian keeps pushing him to, to do longer races. I would see it. I mean, do you see anybody beating him in the 1500 right now in the US? I mean, I think that Josh Thompson looks good. I think that Centro will still I'm, – I'm, as much as the 335 is like, whoa, and he ran the 335 super easy with the hard kick in the last 300. Like, I think a lot of our best 1,500-meter runners don't run fast times, but they're actually good. Like, we just – we never – we don't normalize 335s. We normalize 337s, and we just like, all right, we're good. Okay. We run 337, and we don't try to run faster. And I think that a lot of our – the Ben Blake and ships, the – you know, Thompsons and all those of the world, uh, Robbie Andrews, if he ever gets back, they're they're not built to run 331s, 332s. They're built to run a 50-second last lap on a slow pace, you know, so. Yeah. After two other rounds in a U.S. Yeah. championship, that's what they're meant to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I get it. It's just with him, he opens up so many possibilities. You could say to him, Donovan, Stick on central shoulder the entire time, and then with 100 meters to go, run past him. Okay, got it. Let's try to, and it would, it might work. It might work. Yeah, it would. He yeah. he 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 kind of removes a lot of the normal obstacles to succeeding in the 1500 because he's so because he's so good. Um, one, well, this is a guy who's running really well in the 1500 right now. Not an American though, but Josh Kerr, man. 
power move there at the at the big friendly three to run a 334 and he went from way out gordon uh i i didn't know if he was going to be able to hold off angles and the rest of the crew but he was kerr's a guy where if timothy cherry wasn't around right now who's the brazier of his event in a way maybe a little bit above where brazier's at because he's been around but just uh, he's in a tier by himself he's the big favorite you could see you could see Kerr being in the mix for for gold. I think he's that good. Really? Without Chariot, yes. Chariot Chariot is obviously occupying that top spot. What about Ingebrigtsen? Yeah, I think I I think I think Kerr could, I think Kerr's in that next group, right? And we saw it last year in the fifteen hundred meter final in, in Doha. He was right right in the mix. Um, Chariot's just upside is so so great. That yeah. I think in a tactical, a tactical final, you could you could convince me that Kerr could get by, Inger, little Ingerbritson. Yeah. Okay. You're a big Kerr fan. Metal at the very you. least. Mer- well, you guys did the podcast with him. I didn't. I was a little jealous, so I just felt like I needed to. Say, okay. No, I think it's. I mean, when you run through, you're, you're talking about how we're normalizing three thirty sevens and stuff. This dude ran a three thirty four with the last. 600 completely by himself right that yeah. race was weird he, he just took it he on and said this is not fast fast Kurt does has done that runs like this a lot i mean he uh was like that in college i felt like he would run like just yeah all out like when he ran at brian clay when he ran at 335 i think he's just is uh it's the way he's he's not a i mean European guys, they're. I mean, he's a little bit of a mix between having the NSA system of learning how to do how to win a mile race in 410, but then also a lot of these British guys, they're so they're, it's baked in them to be like, you run fast, like you don't train to win a 340 race, you train to run a 335 race. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I think it makes sense that he has the ability to run fast. I mean, 334 solo, it's it's good. Yeah, I mean, I if I, I told you this was the podium, if I told you this was the podium in Tokyo, would you be surprised? Chariot gold, Ingebrigtsen silver, Kerr bronze. Would that surprise you? No, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I want to talk about I want... uh, some comeback athletes here. Okay, comeback athletes, because you 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 mentioned Shannon Robert before when she ran that three thousand. Yeah. She she dropped a a mostly solo four oh three to win the 1500 and then in the 800 the race was won by chanel price who ran 201 nia akins was in front of her but then brenda martinez ran 202 81 which is a good sign for her we haven't seen her um right she only raced once or twice in in 2019 so she's she's back out there don't know if she'll do the 800 the 1500 going in at the olympic year but roberry and and martinez two people who've made a a bunch of teams maybe benefiting from having another year to get ready. Yeah, Roberry's 403. Uh, I know we did a whole podcast of like, hey, what does this 3K translate to? Roberry more and more is becoming more and more of a legit top three threat in the 5K, in my opinion. 403 is speed. That is speed that a lot of these other 5K athletes don't have. I mean, obviously, Christian Schweizer has it, but after Schweizer, you know, Jenny Simpson, I mean Jenny Simpson has it too, but Jenny Simpson would do 15. So no, who, who I guess who's the next best 5K? I mean, Cranny? No. Who's the next best 5K after Schweizer? Frazier. Frazier if she runs it. Purrier. Okay, yeah. Purrier. So Purrier is the one. So Purrier and Schweizer are kind of a different level, but after those two, I mean it's gonna be a bunch yeah. of 15 flat sub 15 women. Who are all in the four oh three to four oh six speed range, four oh two to four oh six speed range. Yeah. And Shannon will be able to hold her own against that. She'll be able to hold her own against a cranny, against uh Rachel Schneider, you know, against a Danny Jones. For sure. If you take if you make the list between for the women's fifteen to five in the US, which I'm very excited about for next year, that's gonna be and even the, the women's ten, but if you just take a list of women who've broken either four or women who have broken 15 or who have just made a team before 
it's a long it's a long list which means there's going to be some people that are excluded that ordinarily would have been on on the team right so like you start at the 1500 you obviously have Houlihan, you have simpson you have hilts you have someone like grace. well and then you go kate, kate grace you go to the the 5000 you throw that, that whole bowerman contingent in there with frazier cranny schweizer that are in there right and then people like roberry martinez purrier who ran that really fast indoor time and schneider who made the team last year there's there's going to be very good people who are left off the team next year in, in those events and people who are going to be really impacted by whatever shepard hulan decides to do whether or not she runs the 15 the five or or neither or the 10k or maybe they'll run the four by 1500 meter relay at the at the olympics next year we'll get that event in there <laughs> Just kidding. So can I go on a, a, a mini? I, uh, what What did you think about the Bowerman four by fifteen hundred American? I'm using air quotes for those not watching. American record. I, I mean, a lot of these well, the women got the world programs record. do this. I got even so world record. Like it's just like these world records. It's I know it's a real world record, and I'm not taking anything away from the real world record. But it's, in, in my opinion, a four by fifteen hundred world record is equivalent of saying you have, you're the, you're you have a world lead on January second. In an event, mm -hmm. because no one is doing four by fifteen hundreds, so you are the best among like twenty attempts or uh, world in world history. And when I looked at the average, the average was what four oh six average four. Was it four yeah. or six hours for the women? Yeah, well, they were, well, there was only there was only help pacing on the first leg because they obviously dropped yeah. out because they didn't have another team. I think Frerichs let out quickly. Everybody else was running by themselves. Yes, it was a, well above well above uh, four minutes. Before four oh six average, right? So four oh six is like the is the I think I think that's the Olympic standard, right? Four oh six. Well, we saw when Houlihan rabbited that one week, we saw her just completely jog, <laughs> like just yeah, well, that sort of time. Well, that's not out. that's not hard for hear her me at out. all. Hear me out. Four four oh six is the Olympic is the Olympic standard, right? I think I it is. I thought it was four oh five, but you could be right. Okay, sure. Four or five. Okay, it's that. around that area. So say they averaged the Olympic standard, and that was considered the world record for their four by fifteen hundred. The Olympic standard in the men's four hundred is like forty five seconds, right? Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with this. Right? So if we saw a 4x4 all run 45 seconds, we'd be like, okay, you're you're like Baylor. You're Texas A&M. You got, you, you got third like of the SEC. For, yeah, you got third of the SEC, right? And it's just because, like, if you actually the best 4x4, they're running a lot faster, they're running 43 seconds, 40, 44 seconds, right? Because so no one runs like, a 4x15. What's it? What's the exactly. average for the men? So, Do the average for the men. Do the average for the men. I want to hear the average, the average for the, for the men, men is, was though. probably even worse, right? I don't know. They're probably like 338. I'm guessing. Yeah. Interesting. 338. I, I'm Was it really 338 or are you just making that up? I don't know. I'm making that up. I think it was 338. I thought the fastest was a 336. That was the fastest. And then the rest okay. of them were like 339. So I said three, three, eight. again, it's great. It's a world I, record, but like I, New Jersey, New York track club did this with their indoor four by eights or indoor four by miles where they're running four, 10 miles. And it's like, Hey, it's a world record. And I'm just like, we get it. We, it is, but like, it's like, it's finding a little fake way of getting records. Like I know. didn't like it from the perspective of, world of and I don't know. Annoying. That's all. Yeah. 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 I, I, it, okay. I would, I'm fine with them going for it. If it's like oh, if yeah. another, it, well, no, if, if there's another group in there too, that would make it interesting. Okay, we have even if it's just one other team, even if you got a a Pete Julian group team where they, I don't even know who they would throw out if they would have enough, have enough people. But then, I mean, then it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's like a relay meet. Fine, let's go ahead and do it. I didn't like it from the perspective of, and I don't know how many other opportunities they're going to have to race this week or this year. But you have your whole team firing on all cylinders. They're all setting PRs. They can't help but run PRs. And you have very few opportunities to run in this setting. And they use one of them to run a four by 1500. 
I wanted to see Mohamed take another crack at the 5,000. I wanted to see Shelby run anything, make a debut at the 10,000, see if she can go under 1420 in the 5K, try to run a faster 1500, rebreak her American record. Maybe Schweizer jumps in at 10,000. Uh, on the men's side, you know, going back, maybe Lopez Lamong, what could he do? The women's American record outdoors in the 3K was right for the picking. If they wanted to, to knock out an American record, Houlihan and Schweizer could have both gone under that. That's I don't care so much about is it legitimate, is it not, because we do that all the time with track. I think of it just as you only have a finite amount of racing opportunities, and one of them was used for for this. Yeah, like those four women. What's more exciting? Watch them all run 405 in like what's the word continuously uh in order or have them all run at the in succession or have them all run at the same time and have one of them run 354 or one of them run 356 one of them run four flat like that would have been more fun to watch right than just watching them Mm -hmm. run 405s i mean like it's just it's just hard to like be like world record they ran 405 i'm like okay that's like Again, it'll be like, you know. It's- well, it also happened the same night that the Big Friendly 3 was going on with Brazier, with Robert, with Martinez, with Chanel yeah. Price, with Josh Kerr, with all these other stars. And it probably got overshadowed just because every if you had to choose between the two, what would you rather watch? You'd obviously rather, wa- rather watch the individual races. You'd rather watch Brazier go for it in the 800 and see what Robert can do in the 1500. That's what track fans want to watch. You don't want to see a a relay that's never run, break a record that nobody knows. Did anybody know what the 4 by 15 meter record was before this? No. Or who had it? And you can't even so, go on the I, results page and see what their splits were. You see what the 1,600-meter <laughs> split is. You're like, okay, what does that do for me? <laughs> Just do a normal that conversion, subtract thing. 100. Yeah, yeah. No, I... And then... Uh, I, and maybe and they'll then go to... Add- Maybe they'll go to Europe, and then they'll run two races in Europe. And then if they run two races in Europe and they're really fast, then I'll eat my words because they'll say, oh, yeah, we needed an easy day before we went back at it. But if this is it for the season, uh, I, I would have liked them to end on a – giving it one more shot. That would have, yeah. have been cool. Just, just empty, the, empty the barrel. I mean, I bet you Shelby runs 405s in workouts. Yeah. 100%. Right? It's just like <laughs> we just watched yeah. a workout, basically. That's what we watched. Uh, do, well, what's your thoughts well, no, no, on so, another? So, no, no, uh, okay. No, well, I was just going to say, saying, so the the American record in the in the women's 3,000, right? Do you know what it is? No, what is outdoors. It? So oh, the, it's slower than it is indoors, eight, right? It, well, it's 825. It's 825, right? So if she ran – so basically she would have had to split uh, four 12s to get it, right? Yeah. Four 12 and then four 12 in her 1500s to get eight, 825. And and so, yes, a 405 is a, a jog for her. I'm sure she does that in a workout. What are your thoughts on hey, what now the distance run? What are the thoughts on now the distance runners, Nike runners, getting in on the action of jogging <laughs> races? In order to meet the Nike contract limit, I mean, we we thought like, hey, is this only a sprinter thing? Nope, it's the distance thing because what are these times we saw of them of Matthew Sensowitz running like a a mixed gender six hundred and running like three minutes or something like that? What do you run? Yeah, no, he he ran three oh something in the mixed gender eight hundred. I mean, I'll say okay. what I said before for the men or for the for the for the sprint meets. I think it's just a great use of everybody's time. I think <laughs> you got to follow everything to the T and you can't let but the f- facts on the ground. You can't let a global pandemic dissuade you from that. But the fact that the Olympic champion needs to do that is so stupid. No, I, yeah. I, I was like, being, is, I was like, is there a person at the Nike office being, and obviously I know the person in Nike office sees is like, man, we, you're, you, we're not going to resign you. We're going to let you go. Matthew Sanchez, Olympic champion. We don't need you this round of the Olympics. We don't need a defending champion to be wearing our logo. Why? Oh, because you ran eight races instead of nine. Okay. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, this is stupid. He, 
Central comes into the office. Uh, okay, so your performance review. Uh, thank you for coming and being on time. It is 2020. Now, Matthew, can you tell us what you've done over the past few years? Well, I was the Olympic champion in the 1500 in 2016. Uh-huh. Okay. But I really want to know, how many races have you run this year? Well, I haven't run that many because <laughs> I've been hurt. really want to get my legs under me for 20. Okay, so Matthew, we're really tight on time. So I'm just going to cut right to the chase. We're going to need you to jog several races on Friday to meet the demands of your contract. Is that, is that okay? Uh, uh, hold on. I have to jog. I'm, I do workouts that are pretty fast. Can you just send someone to see me run a workout? No, no, no. We need to see you and there needs to be separate results for this. Can you do that? Uh, I, I guess I can do that. And that's probably oh, how the no, conversation we, went. Not they, they, they can't be separate results. We also need each race that you do, they need to be different meets. So we need to make sure your timer changes the race to not be race one and race two. It needs to be race one of meet one and then race one of meet two, you know, because they have to be different yeah. meets. They can't just be different races. <laughs> yeah. You see Clayton Murphy. And he got out of that meeting. Oh, he did? What yeah, he ran 100. I don't know. Someone on Twitter tweeted it. It's like, so it's like, all right, what's this? Is, this is all getting ridiculous. You got 800 yeah, meter yeah. runners at hundreds. He got on his phone. Central got on his phone as soon as he left the meeting. He's just like texting. Did you guys have this meeting too? Is this a joke? Is it? Is it April Fools? Like I have no idea. Like what's going on? This makes absolutely no sense. I, I want to run through a few emails real quick before we go. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Niall writes in. Joe Klecker is making the Olympic team. That's it. Short, sweet. Thoughts? In what? In what? Niall does not say. Niall does not say. Just says well, his the Twitter team. handle. So, so we, there's news that he now joins On Running, uh, led by Dathan Ritzenhain. Right. That is announced. They're, they're starting a group. A bunch of other guys are going to be joining that group as well, and women. Uh, so on Running, starting to get involved with track and field. We got to love that. I love that Joe Klecker's. Twitter handle is Joe XC, uh, which is great. It's like Shelby mm. 800. You know, Shelby's never run an 800. Maybe Joe's getting prepared for that 2024 Olympic mixed gendered 2.5K relay. You see that? They might bring oh, cross country back. Oh, yeah, to I did see that. Yeah. So what are your get ready on for that. that. Stupid. <laughs> if you're going to put cross country in the Olympics, just make them run a 10K. Why are we doing this? It's stupid. This whole anything mixed gender is stupid. Like no one wants to watch a mixed gender relay. It's not. We get it. Like men are faster <laughs> than women. Like and they run them down. Oh, the strategy. Do you lead off with the women or do you lead off with the men? Let's talk about it. They had a big meeting about the different dynamics. Poland. Wow. Poland really thinking about it. They put the women at the end. I love but Michael Cherry is going to come in and pass the Poland white girl. And it's like this is stupid. Stupid. It was when uh, when Brazier was on the pod, and he's like, "Yeah, you always put the male last." Like he just said it definitively, and then he wins every time. He's in. He's been in so many mixed gender, like uh, two by two by fours or the four by four. It, it it works every time. I people really want to get this in. I I just think it's just going to be like the yeah, it'll be like the mixed gender four by four where it's just a diluted group because you're not yeah. going to get the best people running it because the best people are going to run. The other events and there's people talking about we'll put it in the winter olympics and have them run on snow it's well i mean i don't really care about the sanctity of the winter olympics but that seems like you're really playing fast and loose with the rules uh i mean you could put snow on top of a basketball court and have people play and put that in the winter olympics as well too i guess it's gonna be it's not a, a winter way sport. for all the, it's gonna be a way for all the fourth fifth and sixth place finishers at the trials to be able to say they're olympians that's the whole purpose of it that's the whole purpose of the mixed gender relay for the Eighth, play, eighth best 400 meter runner. Oh, I'm an Olympian now. Okay, you were like yeah. getting right. smoked by the third place 400 meter runner. You're not really an Olympian. That's going to be the same thing. The people who are going to get it are going to be all the non greats, right? And then Bowerman will be like, hey, let's mess with it and let's take all the spots. <laughs> this is what Bowerman does, right? They'll just find a way to take all the spots. Uh, but all right, let's yeah, keep it rolling here. Luke, Luke uh, from Delaware. Joe Klecker, do I, think he'll, do I think he'll make an Olympic team? Joe Klecker? It would have to be in the 5K. I don't think he makes it in 2021. I think he's too young. I think he will be in his best in 2024. 
So I will have to uh, wait another four years before I, I'm on the Joe Klecker uh, train. He did run a, though, a sub four at Colorado, I think, yesterday. Mm-hmm. He ran like yeah, 358. I saw that. So Yeah. And Oliver, Oliver Hoare apparently ran 356 in that same yeah. race. Okay. Let's go super faster. Luke from Delaware. I've had it with a confusion in pronunciation between the Mac, the Mac, and the Mac, M-A-C-K. Mac, M-A-C, pronounced as you've been pronouncing it. Mac, M-A-A-C, Mayak. There's two A's. You both get A sounds with this, long and short. So that's the Metro Athletic Mayak. Yeah. Mac, comma, Gordon, will be referred to as Gordon Mac RA from now on. I can't believe Gordon was an RA in college. Best floor ever. That's Luke from Delaware. It was a good floor. Residents enjoyed all the free pizza. I, I, I was a good RA. All the people who partied, and I didn't, I didn't write a single person up in my two years. So mm. if you drank on my floor, you got away with it. The only rule was if you're being loud on like a Wednesday night, I'm going to ask you to leave. But if it's like Saturday night, who cares? But if it's a Wednesday, come on, dude. You don't need to be screaming at 2 a.m. having doing shots at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday night. That was my only rule. So I'm not going to door and say I'm coming May- in in five minutes. Get get rid of the beer, and they did. So it was fun. Mayak. And the Mayak. You got to call the Mayak, Mayak from too, right? There's M E A C. There's the Metro Eastern Atlantic Shore Conference. Mayak. So it's Mayak, Mayak, Whoa. Mac, and Mac. There you go. And the Whack. Or we just okay. call it Here's the Chad. Whack. <laughs> uh, Chad, who says Gordon is my favorite. Uh, big fan of the show. Really enjoyed listening in on my runs. Become fairly obvious that there's a lack of news for y'all to cover. So I would like to present you with this bit. I go to a small Division three college called Teal in Western Pennsylvania. Our conference recently three. postponed our XC season, but we are now trying to put together an interconference fall track season because track and field is considered a low contact sport, whereas XC is considered a medium contact sport. We are hoping to be able to hold small dual and tri meets and a possible conference championship this fall. I have attached a link for the article below. Just a small conference with little play in the national picture, but I think it could be an interesting take for the show. And then, again, he mentions Gordon's his favorite. A lot of people passionately writing in liking you, which is weird. It makes me think I don't have a good sentiment about what good and bad are, but that's that's not the first time in my life that's happened. Or they're all fake emails, and I just have a lot of burner email accounts. <laughs> so I just, like, pump myself up. That's probably what it really is. Uh, no, but I think – so they're trying to pull off a – what the Power Five is trying to do, create their own little national championship, right? Uh, yeah, why not? Fall track. Let's do, you, do it. Fall track. I mean, maybe. I mean, if there is a, if there is no cross-country. Like, may not if, be ready. If there is no cross-country season, these distance runners are going to be itching to do something, right? They just spend all summer mm. building up base for a, a fall cross-country season. Like Now, obviously, the pros are going to be like, we're done. But a lot of these high school kids and college kids – they're going to be like, we want to do something. And I can see some social distance track 5Ks going down, right? Do you think that yeah, will happen? Yeah. yeah. you Look, you only have a limited amount of time to compete at a, at a high level or a reasonably high level. And you're in college. And if you're competing in D3 in college, odds are you're probably not going on to fame and fortune as the next greatest American runner. Obvious exceptions out there like we've had in the, in the past, but my point being you want to take advantage of it and you're not going to, you're not going to be able to delay adulthood. I mean, you know, delay the real world. So yeah, this, this fall run, whatever you can get in, run hard and, and enjoy it. I think that's, I think that's what people should do. Yeah. And I bet the, I bet some of the best runners will even try to, Maybe put together a track meet on in December, right, where the the window opens again to try to run a fast oh, yeah. time trial yeah. to get Olympic standards. All right, I can see yeah. Mike Smith being like, "All right, guys, no cross country season. We're just gonna." I can't do it, Mike Smith accent. Hey, hey <laughs> it's really bad. Hey, uh, hey, cross country got moved. Go. So we're gonna but do a what track is a meet. season anyway? <laughs> this is in your mind. Time is, uh, yeah, exactly. A season is. Uh, not about the leaves changing, but about the mentality that you of the leaves. Use. <laughs> I, hope Mike I would pay money to hear Mike that. Smith. I would pay money to hear. No, he's had enough of you. I would hear. I would pay to hear, yeah. hear Mike Smith uh, talk to a leaf. That'd be awesome. 
<laughs> you know, be you know what he should get on. I don't. Are they are college <laughs> coaches allowed to get on Cameo? Are co- college coaches allowed to get on Cameo? Probably not. There's probably some NCAA violation, okay. but that would be great. Have Mike Smith like wish you a happy birthday. Oh, that'll be. Dude, do that for Lincoln. Like every week, you and I would pool our money and like have him talk oh, about man. random things. Like, we should have Mike what, Smith do a idea? cameo for his like new new new, new child. Like, oh, congratulations to your wife. Yeah. Oh, that would be, should do <laughs> that. be amazing. Hopefully, Lincoln doesn't listen this far into the podcast. He probably won't, so he'll never know. No, he's busy. He's gonna be like. Yeah, he'll be like so backed up on pods after after the birth of the child that he he won't get to the end of this one. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the track world who w- it would be awesome if they did it. A random shout out to Lincoln. I can think of a few. Um, I know Justin Gatlin uh, has a cameo. You can get Gatlin to say something to you. That would be. Lincoln, I just think Mike Lincoln's Smith. Lincoln's a big Gatlin fan. Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln. Lincoln's a fan of everybody. I think. I don't. I don't yeah. think Lincoln. Lincoln hold. He doesn't hold grudges. He's not like you who has a list in their apartment of people that they refuse <laughs> to talk to anymore. Lincoln says, ah, that, that didn't work out. Maybe next time that'll be better. And then he just, he rolls with it. So, all right, we'll leave it there. Full hour today on the pod. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, Gordon will be in a hotel tomorrow, but as you mentioned, Lincoln is on paternity leave. So Gordon's all we got. So internet connection. Or you can say Kevin's all we got. Kevin's all we got. Why does that have to be Gordon's so all we I got? Mentally- Why can't it be Kevin's all we got? Well, my internet's going to be stable because I'm going to be in the same spot. But so I had this thought last night. I was like, Gordon's internet's going to fail today because I didn't know where you were. I didn't know you were at a house. And I was like, what do I do? Because we didn't have a pod yesterday. I'm like, we got to have a pod. So I was mentally preparing to do the entire hour by myself. And I was just thinking <laughs> if that would have been possible. You know, you've listened to Sports Talk Radio before where the, yeah. yeah, they have hosts on and stuff. But especially like old school Sports Talk Radio, some of those people would do – Three to four like, hours. You know, 12. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they'd have breaks every seven, eight minutes. So I, I was trying to think of like, man, could I like do a break somehow? I'd like, like coming up <laughs> at the top of the hour, we're going to your traffic. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking I'd make note cards and stuff about what to say. It'd be very hard. So I don't want to have to do that. So I hope you're in a stable tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. I kind of want you to do that though. So maybe <laughs> I might pull the plug on my internet on like Thursday to make you do it. <laughs> That'll be fun. If you do do it, if you do do that, do it on Friday because I'll be so furious that you'll need to come back on Monday. Okay. To make it up to me. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll leave there. Flowcheckpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thank you, Gordon, for co-hosting. We will talk to you tomorrow.